Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, July 13th, 2018. I am David Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Patrick Murphy. Friday the 13th, my man. Um, let's start off talking about Ryan Day's impact. He's made a meteoric rise through the coaching profession. Even during his one year at Ohio State, he's made a, a big rise. We'll get into that a little bit more later. But just the impact he can have on the offense this year, do you think it's going to be the same old Urban Meyer offense? Do you think we might see kind of the Ryan Day effect this year uh, to some extent, Patrick? I hope we're going to see the Ryan Day effect. Um, he's a guy that I think is offensively very bright in talking to him. Um, he seems to to you know, have some some different, some interesting ideas. I think last year we we may have seen a little bit of it, um, but you know we know that ultimately this is Coach Meyer's baby when it comes to, to offensive football and. It seems that, and this goes all the way back to the beginning of his tenure here, when when the chips are down, he goes with what he knows. And by that, he, I mean Coach Meyer. Um, so I think that he's learned over these last few years that he needs to, to trust his assistants more. Um, I hope we see that this year because I do think Ryan Day can, can add some new things to this offense. Obviously, with JT Barrett gone, uh, Dwayne Haskins taking over at quarterback, we've talked about how that may change the offense, Dwayne Haskins not being as much of a runner. I'm curious to see what kind of things they can come up with for him. Obviously, we saw some of those uh, mesh routes with the receivers last year and, uh, you know, things that we just hadn't seen in Columbus for a while. So definitely saw some of Ryan Day's impact last year. I'd like to um, think that Coach Meyer will, will take the reins off even more with his um, promotion and whatnot, and allow him to, to really call the plays and, and run this thing and, you know, whatnot. But we've heard plenty of times that, that it's a team effort and, you know, how much each guy has their input is not really known. But I'm hopeful we'll we'll see the reins come off a little bit for Ryan Day in, in 2018. Are you surprised that he passed Kevin Wilson on the totem pole so quickly? I mean, to Kevin Wilson, I was, like, leading the parade thinking he was going to come in here and be an excellent offensive coordinator. And I still think he's a, a brilliant offensive mind, what he was able to do at Indiana as head coach. That every year they had great offenses, and every year they did not have great recruits. Um, you know, Offensive coordinator at Oklahoma did a great job. Offensive coordinator at Northwestern did a great job. He comes to Ohio State, Kevin Wilson does. After one year, now he didn't, technically did not get demoted. He still has the title of offensive coordinator, tight ends coach. But Ryan Day's title went from co-offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, to offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. You have two guys with the title offensive coordinator, but Ryan Day is making a lot more money than Kevin Wilson now. Ryan Day's now making a million dollars. I say a lot more. I mean, Kevin Wilson's still doing well. He's making 850000 I believe. Um, but still, I mean, it looks like Ryan Day has passed Kevin Wilson on the totem pole, and I'm surprised. Are you? I am surprised, and obviously we're not in team meetings. We don't know how exactly they're breaking things down in terms of you know, who's handling what, but I think some of it has to do with they wanted to make sure they kept Ryan Day. And you know, as we just talked about, he's made a, a very quick rise up the uh, the college coaching ranks, um, even spending time in the NFL. So 
I think that, you know, there was probably some serious interest in him um, elsewhere, you know, head coaching jobs. You know, we, we, we've heard a little bit about that. And Ohio State wanted to make sure that he didn't go anywhere else. Um, and I think that could, could play a part in how much money he's making in comparison with Kevin Wilson. With that said, I do think that, you know, he's, he's proven um, to be one of the guys. You don't just give a guy an offensive coordinator title and, and that much money because he hasn't done anything. Um, Coach Meyer clearly likes what he's seen from, from Ryan Day. Um, you know, I think that, as we just talked about, he, he contributed a lot to, to this offense last year or as much as he could. And, you know, I think they expect that to continue. I think conversely with Kevin Wilson, you know, from talking to him, it sounds like he's happy here. I don't think that necessarily he was looking to go anywhere um, quite yet. Uh, maybe one day he'll get back into to head coaching. But, you know, so, so I do think there's a little bit of, of that behind-the-scenes stuff that plays in. But, yeah, I think Ryan Day has, has definitely, um, you know, made a point or proven his point at Ohio State for what, for what he's worth. And the Buckeyes had to had to back it up. But yes, I am surprised. You know, like you said, Coach Wilson has done uh, done offensive magic, so to speak, at, during his time in Indiana. Um, the Buckeyes saw that firsthand on a number of occasions against the Hoosiers, who hung in games with them when when we didn't think they they even deserved to be on the same field. So you know, I'm really interested to see you know how these two in year two um, can work together. You know, again, we don't know exactly what the dynamic will be, but I'm hopeful that you know having that last season under their belt, they will uh, they'll have it a little more ironed out, and and you know we'll see this offense flourish with these two offensive minds at the helm. Three, if you count Coach Meyer, I guess. Yeah, um, we're gonna count him. Um, make a good okay. point. I, I, you make a really good point that um, maybe they are Kevin Wilson and Ryan. They really kind of are equals, and maybe. People like myself are too quick to rush into saying that Ryan Day's passed him on the totem pole because he makes more money because you're right. The NFL wasn't coming and trying to hire Kevin Wilson. The NFL, yeah. specifically Mike Vrabel, Tennessee Titans, were trying to hire Ryan Day, offered him the job. You have to think. Ohio State had to probably at least match that dollar figure or at least come really, really, really close. Um, so that could be a big reason. I mean, I do still think Ryan Day probably has a little bit more say than Kevin Wilson, but, you know, I think that's a, an important point that they had to match that offer he was given from the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, he had to earn, you know, the right for Ohio State to want to match that and, and the right for the Tennessee Titans to come and, and, you know, offer him that job. So, you know, in the end, he's he's definitely earned what he's getting. And, you know, I think it shows in, in the title and the salary. Let's talk about the backup quarterbacks. You talked a lot about Dwayne Haskins. Uh, throughout the spring and summer. Let's get into Tate Martell, maybe a little bit with uh, Matt Baldwin. But Tate Martell, if something happens to, God forbid something happens to Dwayne Haskins, uh, Tate Martell is a redshirt freshman. Do you think he would be ready to come in there? Just what would, you, what would your confidence level be in Tate Martell if he has to be the Buckeyes quarterback this year? I think Ohio State would be all right. Um, I think that you would see the offense very much go back to, to a lot more read option stuff. Um, which I don't think would be too difficult for them to install, given how, how much they've done of it in the past. You know, we saw Tate Martell in the spring, um, obviously a different scenario than live game action, but, you know, two spring games we've seen him in, and it's been a lot of his athletic ability. Um, you know, we saw him throw more this year to, uh, to not great effect, but, uh, you know, I think that's there. I think it just takes time for that to come out. 
I think that if, you know, if for some reason he has to step in and take over for Dwayne Haskins, I could see the offense being run similarly to how it was handled in 2011 under Luke Fickle when Braxton Miller ended up winning that job. And, you know, obviously they threw the ball some, maybe even back when Terrell Pryor came in and took over as freshman year, but a lot of quarterback run stuff, a lot of running backs taking the ball, um, you know, maybe some short routes just to, to get the ball into these receivers' hands. Um, you know, I think that it would, it would definitely be a change. I, think, I, you know, I hope for, for Ohio State's sake that that doesn't happen because I don't think Tate Martell is ready as a passer at this point. Um, but, you know, we, we saw in the spring game, and, you, you know, you've seen it if you've watched his high school tape, what an electrifying runner he can be. Um, you know, he can really do special things with his legs, and I think that arm is coming along. I think he just has to get used to the, to the college level. Uh, but, you know, he definitely can make plays. I think the Buckeyes offense still has enough that it would be okay. But uh, I don't think okay is what they're hoping for in, in 2018, given that they have Dwayne Haskins. And, you know, assuming his health, I think they expect to be a much more passing offense than that maybe they have in the past. And if Tate Martell has to take over, that would certainly change things. And Matt Baldwin, coming off the torn ACL, obviously they want to try and redshirt him, but with the new rule, they can play him up to four games and still redshirt him. But if disaster strikes, not that Ohio State would ever be down to their third-string quarterback or anything. Oh, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> this is a different situation than you know third-year sophomore Cardale Jones going in there, who was really like a fourth-year junior when you consider like prep school and you know even everything he was had been through. You know, he was ready, obviously. Um, Matt Baldwin, as a true freshman, even if he's needed later in the year and that knee's healthier, um, and we all know ACL, just from watching sports, that's about a nine-month recovery minimum. Um, I mean, what's, what, what's your take on Matt Baldwin? Do you think it's foolish to expect him to do much of anything this year if needed? Yeah, I think, you know, depending on, on how quickly he's able to recover, I think you, know, you might want to try and get him on the field. You mentioned the new uh, rule that allows him to play four games and still redshirt. Um, you know, if you could get him into, you know, maybe the Tulane game, obviously that's that's a few weeks into the season. Um, you know, I, I assume Ohio State will be up early in that game. You know, you, you could get Tate Martell in maybe at the start of the second half and let him, you know, kind of run the show for a while and, and just get Matt Baldwin out there. Um, you know, obviously you don't want to rush him back. You want him healthy. You want that knee fully good to go. But I do think that would be important, you know, if, if for some reason something happens to Dwayne Haskins and you're down to Tate Martell and, you know, his shoe string breaks at some point and you need Matt Baldwin to go in for a few plays later in the season, you know, you'd, you'd like him to have experienced at least a few snaps in, in college football. Um, but, like I said, I don't think you want to hurry him back just for that, um, you know, having, having been through an ACL tear in my life. It does take a lot of time, and, and obviously these guys are – um, significantly better athletes than I am and, you know, have have very good medical staff. So I think they'll handle things well and, and get him back as quickly as possible without uh, without ruining any any future for him. But I'm interested to see what he can potentially bring. You know, hopefully it's down the road, um, you know, not, not having to be used this year. But yeah, watching him in high school, um, you know, only a starter one year, I think he comes from a very good program. Uh, I liked what I saw. Obviously, he had some good weapons around him and whatnot, but that program's produced a lot of good um, quarterbacks. You know, I mean, the first name that come to, comes to mind is now playing up in Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. Uh, different guys, I think. Uh, you know, he's not the, the runner that Baker Mayfield 
is and was. But, uh, you know, the fact that they, they both come out of Lake Travis, there's plenty of other names that have come out of Lake Travis as well. You know, I, I, I think Matthew Baldwin could be, could be a good quarterback down the road, but I do think it'll take time. And, and, you know, hopefully we don't have to worry about him getting into a game this year. Like you said, they can redshirt him. Um, if they want to put him into a game, they can. But, uh, yeah, I will be interested to see what he can bring to this offense, ideally down the road. Great stuff from Patrick Murphy. Thank you very much, Patrick, and thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. I appreciate it. I hope you have a great day and a great weekend. Let's try that Buckeye swag, Dustin Van in the land. Bye.